of PCOM Perspectives. I'm your host, Dr. Jay Feldstein, and today we're talking with Adrian Jones, Chief Admissions Officer at PCOM. Adrian has more than 25 years of experience in higher education, specifically in the admissions and student counseling fields. Prior to coming to PCOM, she served as Director of Admissions at the University of St. Augustine for Health Sciences in St. Augustine, Florida. Adrian has a master's degree in liberal studies, humanities and social sciences from Southern Methodist University and is currently working to complete her doctoral degree in higher education leadership management and policy from Walden University. Welcome, Adrian. Hello, Dr. Jay, and thank you for having me today. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here with us. A recent article in USA Today cited data from the Association of American Medical Colleges indicating medical school applications for fall 2021 are up 18%. Included in that percentage are a significant number of applicants from traditionally underrepresented communities. Are you seeing that trend reflected in applications to PCOM? And what do you think it means in the long term? For more than a century, you know, PCOM has provided hands-on and holistic training in the growing field of osteopathic medicine, as well as the health and behavioral sciences. And I believe that our PCOM mission that speaks to educating um, health professionals to care for the whole person and advance the health of diverse community also inspires students to apply. But listen to this, prior to the pandemic, we had already experienced an increased application and interviews for most of our programs, but more dramatically in our Doctor of Osteopathic Medicine program at all locations. I think uh, last year's health crisis emphasized more than ever the disparities in healthcare. While these disparities existed before, I think the devastating impact of the coronavirus on black and brown communities was a clarion call about the importance of representation in medicine, and specifically a call to black and brown doctors to provide perspective and solutions to these issues. Some of our PCOM applicants from traditionally underrepresented communities have described their own journeys as having acted as cultural translators in healthcare issues for many of their relatives. I think this also is another reason why they're interested in applying. And this year, PCOM demonstrates 100 years of investment in diversity with the celebration of Metacristi, our first African-American osteopathic physician who graduated in 1921. And what this means long-term for us is that PCOM will need to ensure more that more Metacristis are in, on the pathway to becoming doctors and health professionals. We have to re remain committed. Our mission and our strategic plan are aligned with our sites on increasing URM representation in our programs research supports that minority patients benefit from having minority doctors. You know, diversity and equity in medicine is already a huge issue and will continue to be at the forefront of the industry going forward. From an admissions perspective, what do you think PCOM can do to continue to attract the diverse student population given these recent trends? That's a good question. I think we have to establish uh, and maintain best practices. If we're gonna lead in this effort, we have to maintain a diverse uh, team of employees in the Office of Admissions. We need to, as we already are, aligning the new DEI strategic plan with our um, PCOM 2025 strategic plan with our admissions goals. Uh, we have to be intentional in our efforts to recruit and admit URM candidates to PCOM. And we have to provide more opportunities for URM candidates to speak with our current students during admission events and interview days. I think this makes a incredible impression. And we annually need to train our admission staff and faculty admissions committees on implicit bias and microaggressions. As well, annually, I think we need to vet our standardized questions that we utilize in our admissions interview 
with the Office of Diversity and Community Relations and other partner departments like compliance and psychology. And this keeps us current with tone, objective, so that we're really aware of our bias. And I think it's not a bad idea to experiment with the blind interviews, which we're doing this year, to eliminate the halo effect in which the interviewer's preconceptions are based on scores that often sometimes influence the interview evaluation. The next thing I think would be important is to increase our outreach. We're doing a really fine job right now, uh, but using targeted communication for our URM candidates to provide additional insight on PCM's cultural and diverse campus events. This is something that attracted me as an employee. We're partnering right now with the Office of Diversity and Community Relations in our, in our advertising and diversity publications. And this showcases our URM students, our faculty, and we also attend diversity conferences to demonstrate our commitment to these underserved populations. We have also committed to creating more affiliation agreements with HBCUs, historically um, serving institutions and minority serving institutions to attract more URM candidates. And finally, in collaboration with our student uh, PCOM organizations, we're creating um, supportive and effective pathway programs where we are partnering our underrepresented middle school, high school and undergraduate students with our PCOM student and ambassadors and URM mentors. They are fabulous. And this helps the students cultivate their interest in and readiness for career and health professions, as well as an interest in PCOM. With the overwhelming majority of osteopathic physicians practicing family medicine, it's important to have doctors that reflect the communities they serve. Are there steps we can take in the admissions process to continue to ensure we're meeting the needs of these communities? I think we're focused on our strategic plan where we're aligning um, PCOM's 2025 strategic plan its path to greater excellence. Our focus simply says attract and retain a student body that represents and reflects a diverse world. You have already created a coalition of students, faculty and staff to provide insight into the PCOM experience to keep us grounded. And here are some examples. We have the President's Racial Justice Commission work group on underrepresented minorities in medicine. We have the Unlearning Racism series hosted by the Office of Diversity and Community Relations. And one of my favorites, I've attended several of the cultural competency events across all programs. I think it's important to continue to review our admissions process. We want to utilize a holistic process that uh, minimizes bias, focuses on non-cognitive skills, and really review the applicant's journey alongside their metrics. And finally, there's nothing better than data. It gives us a chance to reflect we will need to elevate our admissions process for staff and faculty committee members to uh, enhance the applicant experience and the selection process for our diverse candidates. And we're doing that with our adoption of new CRM technology. We also need to take a look at examining trends of URM candidates in every stage of our admissions funnel. And finally, I really do believe that adapting our non-cognitive identifiers, which I'd mentioned prior, will raise our insight on our URM student journey. One of the topics that comes up sometimes, I think people have faulty assumptions that when we say we want to increase our underrepresented minority applicant pool, is that somehow when we do that, we're, our standards aren't the same and that we're actually expanding to bring in less qualified students. And personally, I think that's a myth that's out there that needs to be dispelled. And I was curious as to you know, what your feelings are on that issue. I feel that it is, um, it is uh, the idea that to increase uh, students of color, you will have to lower your standards is, is a myth. That is not true. In fact, um, 
just by looking at my own personal journey coming to PCOM, uh, as uh, HR increased the candidates and looked at different people, I arrived as a, a viable candidate for PCOM, and that's exactly what we're going to do. We've actually already uh, dispelled this myth by uh, helping the physician's assistant program, as one example here at PCOM, to be able to recruit um, qualified uh, students of color to the program, not only by offering additional funding, but using data-driven results. We looked to see that our um, students of color who were applying to the PA program were even and better than candidates who were not of color uh, coming to campus. And so um, I think some of that comes from just the idea that there's this place where you can just go and get candidates. And that's not true. You have to be intentional in your efforts. They're not just hanging out waiting to be recruited. And one other point I wanted to make is that ultimately, uh, you, you heard me mention about the pathway programs, we have to grow our own. They, in order to be prepared for the journey that our medical students are gonna take, I'm sure you heard in the, the town hall that it's stressful and it's, you know, you're, you're the only one. And so we have to start um, being a single, uh, looking at someone being a single member in the classroom is not encouraging when we know that representation matters. We know that um, minority, um, patients do better with minority doctors. And the only way you can actually become um, more proficient in you know, building the pipeline is to begin to grow some of your own. So we are starting with programs at PCOM like the, the PSMEP and HPREP that starts our middle schoolers and high schools on their journey toward understanding about healthcare and how to prepare if you think you wanna go into one of these professions. And so I think it's okay to hear that from the students but I think we have enough proof on campus now with some of the work that we're doing that says that's simply not true. And when they look around at the quality of the candidates, wh what would you say is unqualified? Is it based on their, their understanding or thinking around an MCAT score? When we're talking about open, opening up a more holistic um, perspective that talks about the student journey, we're really looking for um, students that are, that are committed to the PCOM journey and we're committed to finding diverse individuals. I'm sure uh, that you've got some questions for me that I'd be more than happy to entertain at this time. So what role do you see PCOM playing in creating a more diverse medical workforce that better reflects the communities they serve? I think we've got a really unique opportunity at PCOM. We're graduating a lot of healthcare providers. So we have a oppor real opportunity to make an impact and we're being intentional about it. And all the programs you just alluded to are part of the plan, our strategic plan, to actually increase not only our underrepresented minorities from an applicant pool, from an acceptance pool, and from a graduation pool. So I think we, have, we can make a big impact in this world. I'd have to say that the, the, the effect that you have in your commitment to a diverse community plays a very large role about how we'll lead in this effort. What can medical schools like PCOM do from an administrative perspective to attract a diverse pool of applicants? We, we have to be committed to it. And, and we've got to commit the resources, the people, the philosophy and our culture to becoming a more diverse enterprise. And we're doing it here and we'll continue to do it here. What do you think the long-term impact of the pandemic will be on medical education? particularly for current students trying to navigate extremely challenging circumstances? Not only do I think the pandemic will have some long-term impacts on medical education, but that's really as a de facto kind of 
outcome from what the impact is on medicine in general. You know, we, with the pandemic, we've seen the increase in the adoption of technologies, uh, specifically telemedicine, in that a lot of patients no longer have to have face-to-face -face interaction with physicians. We, we've seen people really questioning their care. What do I really need? As opposed to, you know, maybe I want to, you know, we're seeing decrease in preventive services. So we're seeing this kind of revolution in the delivery of care. And that trickles down to education. You know, we've gone from in-person classes to totally online with the exception of labs. So now we're kind of in this hybrid space, which I think will continue. Uh, by the same token, we can be remote, but yet people yearn for human connection. You know, people want to be with their classmates. They want that social bonding. They want those social support systems. They want to interact with people. So, you know, we're kind of navigating, we'll come to an equilibrium, I think over the next one to two years, but there are definitely some things we've learned where we won't go back to the old way per se. And I think it'll be a constant evolution that we'll see in not only medical education, but healthcare in general. As a, as a doctor yourself, um, and, I, and say I'm the patient, I found myself, I've always been very involved with my healthcare and with my um, doctors, and they've always worked as a team. Um, and, uh, but I found this year being extremely concerned about uh, my relationship with my doctors and watching the news and talking to my family and then asking my doctor questions for clarification. I, I think this is probably, I would say in my lifetime, the, the one time I have been the most like on point and really asking a lot of questions as a doctor and with your family and or friends, are you finding there's more conversations now about, about health disparities or health issues and concerns than ever before? I do. And I think people are struggling in, in terms of their relationship with their physician, because so many people, I think, especially in certain age groups, you know, want that face-to-face -face relationship. And, you know, that's been difficult to uh, achieve, uh, you know, we'll start to come out of that, but you've got a whole generation that really doesn't care about a physician patient relationship. Mm -hmm. They just want instant access to information and care and they're gonna leverage technology, their relationships with their iPhone. It's not with their physician. They don't really care who they get information from. And you'll probably see companies that'll come out you know, with kind of artificial intelligence. You'll never even talk to a physician. You'll be talking to a bot and they'll run it through an algorithm. And if you've got a simple issue, it, it'll, it'll happen without a person and you'll go down the algorithm of your chief complaint and symptoms and you know if it can be taken care of with a simple prescription it'll be emailed to your drugstore and or delivered to your door you'll never leave the house wow and i think each segment of our population is going to have a preference on how they want their health care delivered and what that looks like thank you sir you're welcome well thank you adrian for joining me today on pcom perspectives with medical school applications on the rise, the importance of a diverse applicant pool will continue to grow as well. 
Just as the population grows more diverse, so too must our physician workforce. PCOM has an important role to play in creating a more equitable system of healthcare across the country. To listen to past episodes of this podcast and become a subscriber, visit our SoundCloud page or find us on iTunes by searching Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine. I'm Jay Feldstein, and this has been PCOM Perspectives.